James chapter 1, beginning in verse number 2 and reading through verse number 4. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Realize that trials come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance and steadfastness and patience. And true patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line, mature, complete, and wanting nothing. So the title of tonight's message is Face Piles of Trials with Smiles. I know and I'm well aware that we can put on a smile, but when you begin to cultivate this appreciation for what God's done, you begin to recognize what he's provided to you, there's going to be a joy on the inside of you as well. The Bible says that joy is a fruit of God's spirit living on the inside of you. Joy is being produced on the inside of you. And somewhere along the way, there should be an outward sign of the joy that lies within. When certain things happen in life and there's joy on the inside of you, you might be able to actually get a smile that's authentic. Not when somebody says, how are you doing? Fine. And you just grin and bear it and try to fake your way through it. But there's actually something on the inside of you that says, I'm doing well. Thanks so much. Now, sometimes people don't know the, the crises that we might be facing the situations we might be going through, sometimes they do. And when they do, if they're born again as you're born again, and you say, man, I'm, I'm doing well. God is at work on my behalf to bring his will to pass in my life. I'm doing well. Anybody who's a mature believer understands that. And they'll root for you, praise God. Some you can talk to who are either not believers or not mature believers. You say that and say, they say, but you're going through this. How could you even say that? Because I've got a joy inside of me that I can't explain, but it's there. It's a joy that's a result of this relationship I have with God the Father. It's a result of his spirit at work in me producing this fruit called joy. It doesn't mean that things, when they happen in life, that, oh, this is, this is great. A tragedy strikes, oh, this is wonderful. No, that's not what it's all about at all. Tragedy will bring grief, sometimes great sorrow, and sometimes great tears. And yet there can still be an abiding presence of peace and joy on the inside of you. That in the midst of the turmoil, your emotions are running rampant, but your spirit is saying, it's going to be all right. I have emotion like everyone does. And there are things that happen in life that make me laugh. There are things that happen in life that make me tear up. And if it's really something profound, then I will cry tears that run down my face. God gave us emotion, so there's nothing wrong with having emotion. But I also want to get to that place where I have emotion, but at the same time, I'm so attuned to the move of God's Spirit that in those sorrowful moments, in those difficult times, in the darkness of the valley, I look within. Nope, he's not left me. There's joy. There's joy here. This situation has caught me off guard. This situation has caused me to fall to my knees and shed tears. And yet, you, O oh God, are still alive and you're still at work. On the inside, I'm well aware of that peace that you provide. And why is it called the peace that passes understanding? Because how do you explain that kind of peace to anybody? Especially in the midst of dire circumstances, in the midst of tragedy. James is speaking of difficulties that we face in life. And he tells us that, hey, the difficulties are going to come. Surprise, surprise. 
you don't have to be a believer to face difficulties. And sometimes believers, people come to Christ and all think they're never going to be a problem in life again. Well, that's, that's not true. You will have tests. You will have trials. You will have difficulties. We live in a fallen world, a broken world, and we will face some of those difficulties and challenges. But he, James says, hey, look at this as an opportunity for joy. Debbie and I just celebrated our anniversary. It's been over four decades we've been married. And when I first met her, she used this phrase frequently, no problems, just projects. Because she recognized, and we were very young when we got married, she recognized in me that I would tend to focus on the problem. Now, I was born again, but I hadn't matured sufficiently in the the spiritual realm to get out of the darkness or the difficult situation by quoting the Word of God. In fact, I didn't even know anything about quoting the Word of God. So she would say, not not problems, just projects, because I'm focusing on the problem. And and I'm thinking, if if, if some of you might be like me, like I once was, and that's thinking of all the possible outcomes, and there was never a good one. And being around Debbie, she is ever hopeful, ever positive. She probably is one who... When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. That's kind of the way she lives. And I just want to throw the lemon at somebody. Again, James is saying, man, look at these opportunities for joy. And so I had to have a shift in my life over these years. This set of verses bothered me. Count it all joy. Lord, what, what do you mean? Count it all. Are you kidding me? Are you not paying attention to what's going on? This just happened. Were you asleep? No, don't look at me like that. You're so pious. You never, you never cry out to God, and you're a little bit upset about things. God made me. He knows, he knows what's in me, and, and he's not bashing me upside the head when I come to him and just saying, what's going on? I don't come to him like that anymore, but especially when I was more immature, uh, I, I would, well, what are you doing? Can't you see? Don't you know? Where are you? <laughs> Okay, none of you have ever had those moments, I guess. He's at work, and now I can say, wait a minute, count it all joy. Look at these moments of trial, difficulty, struggle as opportunities for joy. Now, one thing that I feel like God spoke to me a long time ago, because I was irritated by this count it all joy thing. I was bothered by that. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you're telling me that. But somewhere along the way, I just felt like God telling me, you know what? I can do great things. I can do things that are beyond your ability to even understand. I can perform miracles. I can come out of nowhere and and take care of your situation. And the great joy that you will find is the anticipation of what I'm going to do on your behalf. David, just anticipate. I'm at work. So now this joy, I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do it. I'm not putting any limitations on you. I'm not putting any boundaries on what you're going to do. But whatever it is, it's going to be good. So I'm becoming joyful in this moment, even though I don't see the manifestation of the thing I desire. The answer to my prayer, I haven't seen it yet. But it's going to be good because you're a good God and you give good gifts. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the, down from the Father of lights and who there is no variables in your shadow of turning. Come on, God is good all the time. And so, so I find opportunities for joy in that, what's he going to do? How's he going to do it? And when it happens, I'm getting excited about it just happening. When is it going to happen? How's it going to happen? And then it happens. And I've already anticipated the joy, so now the joy is fulfilled. <laughs> he is so good. 
And so the title tonight again, Face Piles of Trials with Smiles. And we'll go through a few of the verses here just so you can see a process that's actually taking place. Process, the process for turning these opportunities into joyful moments. What does this look like? And he gives us some keys in these verses. In verse 3, your faith is going to be tested. This is part of the process for us to grow, for us to mature, for us to get in that realm of joyfulness in the difficult moments is to recognize our faith is going to be tested. It's going to be tried. Testing and trying is not temptation. God does not tempt people, but he will allow you to be tested. He will allow you to be tried. In those opportunities or when those moments of trial, recognize them as opportunities. Wait, there's growth that's supposed to take place through this. My faith is being tested, and there should be something that results from that test. I think they still have these broadcasts on different media outlets. When I was young, it was on TV, and this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is a test. This is only a test. When I say this is a test, you're going to say this is only a test. So let's try that. This is a test. It's only a test. We could be tested in a variety of ways. One way we could be tested is we're attacked with sickness in our body. Have you ever had sickness in your body? God's not putting sickness on me. There is an enemy who comes and attacks me with sickness. I have to look at this as an opportunity for joy. An opportunity for joy. Now, again, there's no joy in the sickness. The joy is, you're going to heal me. How's it going to happen and when's it going to happen? Because I'm, I'm anticipating this. I'm excited. This is a test. It's only a test. And so if you're being attacked physically, this is only a test. And you need to prep for your tests. And prepping for your tests means getting the word of God and knowing what he's already declared. Stand firmly upon his word so when the test comes, you can just speak out the word of God. Another way your faith might be tested is being rejected by someone you admire. Being rejected by someone you admire. I won't say never, but I've rarely been disturbed or bothered by rejection from someone whose opinion I have no regard for anyway. You're a jerk, okay. But when it's somebody who is, has some kind of meaning for us, or we admire them in some way and something happens, that rejection can be very profound. And we're talking about this process for opportunities for joy. So when this happens, it's an opportunity. And again, the opportunity is not, I'm joyful in this moment of rejection. But Lord, you're going to bring me out the other side. I'll be better for going through this moment. Now, when it first happens in life, confusion. Listen, listen, sweetheart, you're going to be better for this. What are you talking about, Dad? Mom, are you crazy? I'll be better for this? Do you know how I feel? Sweetheart, I'm just... <laughs> you roll her eyes. Whatever, my mom's crazy. She, she says weird things. But once you've experienced some rejection, once you've experienced some attacks in your body and God's brought you through it, you're that much more equipped for the next time these things happen. I've seen him move. He moved the mountain, and I believe I'll see him do it again. Because of the trials and tests I've gone through, my faith now has a history of God's faithfulness I can rely on when the next challenge comes. And every challenge that comes becomes less and less daunting because I've been down this path before. God has been with me in a situation like this before, and he brought me through then, and he's going to bring me through again. So I don't toil, sweat, and stress for the lengths that I once did. Faith being tested is an opportunity for joy. Another way that you might be tested is bypass for a promotion. 
Certain jobs, you can move up the corporate ladder. Certain jobs, you can aspire to other positions. And sometimes there are different people competing for that same position. And perhaps you've been in a situation where you've sought after something and somebody else got it. Don't indicate what your attitude was at the time. Hopefully, it was a good attitude. But some of those moments are crushing. And some of those moments, you can actually start just talking about that other person. We say all kinds of stuff about them. Are you kidding me? I am so much better. Now, sometimes what's happening in these situations is maybe you are better qualified. I don't know. But I I know certainly in my life that sometimes when I feel like I've been slighted, ultimately God was at work and he had something better for me. But I was too dumb to pay attention to that because I wanted this. I thought that was the pinnacle of success. This thing, if I could get this, would indicate to everybody how wonderful I am. And God had other plans for me. These things can try us. Again, we're talking about looking at these tests of our faith as opportunities for joy. You might be ridiculed for your beliefs. Ridiculed for your beliefs, whatever they are. I believe that Velcro is the best kind of thing to secure your shoes. (laughs) And you get, oh, see, they're laughing about it already. When these things happen, this is the test. It's only a test. And remember that. It's only a test, a testing of your faith. And where are you going to come out? Are you going to allow yourself to be tested and let the tools that God has equipped you with bring you through? Or are you going to kick the curb, slam your books on your desk, throw the ball at the wall, punch your fist in the wall, and regret regret it? Okay, anybody ever? Don't raise your hand. Another way you could be tested is being bullied. It could be for the shoes you wear your hairstyle, the clothes you wear, how smart you are, how not so smart you are, the ability to play sports, the inability to play. I mean, people ridicule for anything and everything. Your faith might be tested in those moments. And look at it as an opportunity for joy. Lord, do you know how hard it is that people are picking on me? Yes. Talk to Jesus, and his answer to you is yes. Have you been spit on yet? It's not a pleasant experience. You've been punched? Beaten, kicked, he understands. In those moments where we're feeling sorry for Jesus, I don't understand anything. See these scars? See these stripes? No, I get it. And he says, What? Man, look at these as opportunities for joy. And then you might be persecuted for the cause of Christ. And if you are, that's pretty darn standard. But I'm just preaching the gospel. Uh huh, exactly. And that will always attract negative attention. This is a test. It's only a test. And keep that in your heart. This is only a test. What's going to happen as a result of this test? Come on, the list goes on and on and on of all the ways we can be tested. Our faith can be tried. But this is an opportunity for you to find joy in the moment, joy through the experience. Say, I've got joy. Number two, in verse number three, he also says that these trials will produce in you the quality of endurance. And so endurance should be produced as a result of this. The Amplified Bible says endurance, steadfastness, and patience. These are qualities that are supposed to be produced through this process. I don't want to go through this process. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And the the point is, you're going to learn how to endure. You're going to develop patience, and you're going to develop steadfastness. You're not going to waver. 
You're not going to look for the first off-ramp when difficulty comes. You're going to stay on the tried and true, narrow path that leads to life. Let God work in you through these experiences to bring about joy in your life so as, the, as your life unfolds, the days unfold, and you face different challenges, trials, and struggles, you learn to get victory through them. And this joy becomes automatic as a result. Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Also, in verse number four, that true patience brought on by endurance will equip you. Patience is supposed to equip you. So you develop this endurance, this patience, and this patience is to equip you. And in this particular translation, he says, equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line. This life of faith, this Christian walk, is not a brief moment in time. It's a lifestyle that we develop, and it's until death do us part. And then it doesn't actually part. We just translate it in a different dimension. It's a long haul. But I tell you what, if you're able to find opportunities for joy through all of this, the journey is much more pleasant. If every day you get up and, this is just another day, to, oh my gosh, is it Friday yet? What's so special about Friday? Because if you're living for Friday, you've got it all wrong. There should be joy you could find in every moment. Every, and again, understanding that some moments you're distraught over something that has occurred. You're blindsided by some announcements. You were caught off guard by something that was so unexpected and it's so devastating and you're in tears. And yet there's a steady joy that's on the inside of you that keeps you going and keeps you moving. He says that this endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line. And other translations speak to this maturity, completeness, and wholeness that develops as a result. This is the outcome. Lord, why am I going? This? I don't want this. this is so hard. Why do you make me do this? Because he says, you're going to become mature, complete, lacking nothing. This is the goal. To have the fullness operating in you. So the next time you face a crisis, the next time you're going through difficulty, I'm not concerned about the overall end game here because I know what the end game is. In the moment I'm sorrowful, in the moment I'm hurt, in the moment I'm disturbed or bothered, and yet you, oh God, have worked in me a maturity. You have worked in me this completeness and this wholeness that I am not any longer weak need by these experiences. I stand firm. I stand steadfast. Lord, it's me and you. I'm not letting go of your hand. I'm going to continue walking with you. This did happen, and that did happen, and that did happen. They were tragic events, Lord, but you've never failed me. So you and me, it's, I'm going to keep walking with you. I'm going to continue to be steadfast. You've shown me the joy that I can have in these moments. You've delivered me every time. You've never failed me yet. And I trust you and I will continue to trust you. Dan Coates once said that character cannot be summoned at the moment of crisis if it has been squandered by years of compromise and rationalization. The only testing ground for the heroic is the mundane. The only preparation for that one profound decision which can change a life or even a nation is those hundreds of self-conscious, self-defining, seemingly insignificant decisions made in private. Habit is the daily battleground of character. And we see that patience and endurance will build character in us, godly character. And he, Dan Coates, said that habit is the, baby, the, the daily battleground of character. And what habit should we have then, based on the scriptures we read? Our habit should be looking at trials and challenges and struggles as opportunities for, for joy. 
opportunities for joy. This is a mindset that we have to develop, and that mindset comes from the Word of God and staying on the inside of transforming the way we think. And our hearts become so full that when tragedy strikes, when difficulty arises, when frustration wants to consume us, <laughs> I've been here before. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. And that should become more than just a song you sing. It should become something that actually is established in your heart. And I believe I'll see you do it again. My joy rests in you and you alone. Through the darkness, through the shadows, you're with me and I'm not concerned. So our habit, the habit we should cultivate, is to see difficulties as opportunities for joy. The habit we should cultivate is to face piles of trials with smiles. Face piles of trials with smiles. Say, I've got the joy. I've got the joy. And say, uh, I will face piles of trials with smiles. Say it again. I will face piles of trials with smiles. Let's see your smile. Now, we, we're going to do it one more time. And the last time, you've got to smile when you actually smile. I will face piles of trials with smiles. And you know where those smiles come from? They come from the joy that's abiding on the inside of you a joy that's cultivated through a relationship with Him, a joy that is a fruit of the Spirit of God at work on the inside of us.